Fantastic. Why don't you open your Bible with me then, Isaiah 54. Let's just uh, pick up where we were last week. I want to share with you something, uh, just uh, some keys to uh, breakthroughs, breaking out of limitations. But I want to start where we were last week. We're sharing some uh, things. God was speaking to the church in verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge, grow, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and the left. And your descendants will inherit nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be dismayed, neither be disgraced, not be put to shame. You will forget the shame of your youth. Whenever God speaks to us, he always gives an empowerment, if we will act, to accomplish what he's called us to do. And the Lord's been speaking to us about growth, about enlargement. And if we will take the appropriate actions, he will put his grace on us to do it. And I shared with you about six things last week. One of the things I talked about was the, that God was speaking out was breaking out of limitations. And I want to just talk to you a little bit about that today. I want to share with you just some keys I felt the Lord put into my heart because God does not want us to limit him. And it's all very well to come into a meeting. Meetings, they serve a wonderful purpose of encountering the presence of God and hearing from God. But all the rest of the time, you've got to live life. And it's in the living life the, the substance of your relationship with God is outworked. And so in Psalm 78, it says that uh, it says they tempted God or put God to test, and they limited the Holy One of Israel and grieved His Holy Spirit. In other words, the people that God got saved then became difficult with Him. They, they limited Him. When they saw the obstacles and difficulties and challenges, they then limited what God to do. How did they limit God? By their attitude to Him in the face of pressures in life. And so we don't want to be a people that limit God and place a a cap on what he can do. You see, that's kind of like Christians have this sort of mentality. Well, God can do anything. That's true, he can. But he only moves if there's faith. So you and I can put a limit on what God is able to do in our life. The moment you decide to stay where you are, you've limited what God can do. Just like that. As soon as you settle down, content with last year's victories and accomplishments, you've now limited the possibilities for this year and what God can do. No settling down, no retiring in God. You retire when they put you in a box and stick you in the ground. That's when retirement comes in. You've got a long, long retirement, eh? With a whole lot of new things. I want to just look, first of all, at recognizing limitations. Then I want to look at a story of David and show you how David, how he, address, how he went about addressing something that could massively have limited his calling, his potential, and what God wanted him to do. But the first thing is to recognize a, a limitation. Limitation simply is just a, a limitation. It's just a, uh, these are the, this is what is a limitation. A limitation is a weakness in you that holds you back from accomplishing what you should be accomplishing. So uh, one form of limitation can be a weakness inside us or a lack. Uh, another area of limitation is a lack of capacity when you don't have enough capacity within you to take on things. So imagine this. What we, for example, in Uganda, we had finances to give them, but they didn't have the capacity to manage them. So we had to actually wait till we grew the capacity. Then we could actually add some more finances to them. And it's the same with you and me. God won't add to you if you're not willing to build capacity in your life to receive. Come on, think about that. For example, if you're wanting your finances to increase greatly, you have to develop capacity to manage them. 
if you don't develop capacity to manage them, then getting a lot of money will probably ruin your life. That's actually, life proves that. And, uh, and so, so capacity, lack capacity, the other one is just a boundary or, or obstacle that stops us going forward. So notice now, it can be a weakness inside us, something in us that we need to address. It can be some lack of capacity where we need to grow and develop, or it can be an obstacle, something that hinders us from going forward. Now, what I want to do is to give a list of some areas where you may think, oh, well, I've got something going on in my life there. And I want you, as I just read out the list and give them to you, to consider and ask the question, have I got something going on in my life in that area that's limiting me? Okay? So this, I'll run a few by. So there's all sorts of examples of limitations. One's physical limitations, physical limitations. Now, that could mean your health or physical disability. Now, of course, and I'll share with you what you've got to do about these, these things, but I want you to share with you a tremendous example of someone who was, uh, who, who was the, one of the first members in the church when I came here. Her name was Debbie Ward. Now, Debbie Ward uh, had a, uh, was uh, born with disability, and she virtually was cut off from about here. So looking at her, you would think the physical disability would mean there's all these things she can't do. And normally, for most people, they would look down, I can't. But do you realize that Debbie traveled all around the world? You write us this. I was thinking about it. I got the giggles when I was thinking about it because I was talking with Dot. Debbie went tramping up the mountain. You say, how can you go tramping up the mountain when you've got no legs? Very simple. They just picked her up and put her in a backpack and she just led the charge. <laughs> and when it got too heavy for one, she, she was transferred to someone else. You understand that the physical disability was not the issue. It was the internal attitude to life. And you'll see as we go, and I want to address particularly internal things because the internal things are our prime limiters. Another area that we can be limited is financial. You can have financial limitations. They come in a number of forms. In other words, uh, like I'll ask some people, why don't you go on a missions trip? Oh, I can't. I haven't got the money. A physical, uh, a financial limitation. But, but that actually, that won't stop you going if you've decided you're going. It never does. It never does. Finances will always come to the person with dream and a plan and perseverance. You've just got to have a plan. But don't just think, I can't, or think it'll just drop out there. You've got to actually do some things. So limited financial resources, uh, there's, a re there's a number of reasons for that. Uh, for some today, God will be speaking to you about debt. Debt is a limitation on your capacity to do things. You've got to address it. See, uh, uh, not handling or managing your money is a limitation on what you can do with money this year. So you've got to actually address the things. So if you've got financial limitations, maybe it's just a lack of income and you've got to do something about that. But don't say, I've got no money. See, that identifies there is a limitation, but that is not the reason you can't. That's just a limitation to break through. And there's always a way to break through. We, when we bought the building, we had no money. All the way, we had no money. We've never had any money. It never stopped us doing anything. And now the building's worth about $5 million and it's sold. It's, 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 sorry, it's not sold. No, it's paid off. <laughs> not yet. Dear God, was that prophetic or what? <laughs> oh, it must have come out of the, out of the heart the mouth speaks. <laughs> okay, there's other, other, other limitations are seasonal. So perhaps you've got seasonal limitations. Seasonal, by that I mean not at spring, summer, winter. But uh, rather, there's seasons in our life. For example, a, a, a woman may have, say, three or four toddlers. Well, that's a season of life when there are some limitations. 
And you actually, in that situation, you've got to accept that limitation. It doesn't stop you doing other things. It just actually puts a limitation where you refocus within that boundary. You're at high school, then you're in a season in your life which places a limitation for other things. Focus on what you can do within that region where you're confined. So some limitations you will see, there are some limitations you actually have to accept them and discover how God wants you to grow in the middle of it because they're put there as a part of life or by God's plan to just actually grow depth and substance in our life. Even Paul said that. He prayed the Lord would change the situation. He didn't change it. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. So there's some situations where there's limitation in our circumstance or season and you just accept it. And then in the middle of it, you don't let it limit you. You just look what you can do, what is available for you. You got the idea? So no one's limited. You know, there's no limits in God. That's the, that's the issue. And uh, so another area which is a limitation for some people is skills. And uh, if you don't have the skills, that puts a limitation on you. So young people, if you want to increase your capacity and become enlarged, develop your skills. No use. If you've got a potential or desire or something, develop the skills you need. Invest in yourself. Put money into yourself and develop the skills. Or the lack of skills becomes a limitation. Listen, an employer will pay you what you're worth. When you upskill, you're worth more. As simple as that. You're not going to pay for someone extra money if they can't do anything more in their job. That's how life works. People want money for nothing. But the boss is saying, if you put something into yourself to come up another level, can you add value to the company? Well, you'll add value to the company if you add value to yourself. So don't use the lack of skills as a limitation. Just apply yourself to learn. And every one of us should be in an ongoing learning. Say, oh, I didn't do so good at school. That is a limitation now. Will you let that control you the rest of your life? I don't read. That's a limitation. Or is it? Will you stop? You find another way around that. There's always a way past these blocks. Always a way. So limitations. There's another area of limitation is the area of wisdom where we lack the knowledge or the understanding or the experience to be able to make really good decisions. Now, if you lack wisdom, it is a limitation. People who lack wisdom and don't have the knowledge actually don't know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, it'll confine you or limit what you can do. You've got to grow in that area. Just make a decision. I won't let the lack of knowledge or experience limit me. I'll do something to learn. Uh, and I'll share the things to do in a moment. Uh, another area, which is the major one, these are sorts of ones we want to get into, are mindsets. A mindset is a fixed way of looking at life. It's, a, it's an attitude. It's a way you look at life. And one of the biggest problems with Christians is extremely small, narrow, negative mindsets. Come on. See? We need to have a large heart because our God is large, and we need to have a big view of life. And life, the world, is there for us. But if you get a narrow view that it's a threatening place that might overwhelm you and your children, we've got a problem. You now have got huge limitations in what God can do through you. You've actually limited God by that mentality. We're here. This is our world. God designed it. He redeemed it. He owns it. He's given it to his children. It's our world. So get to discover what's in our world. Come on, expand. Expand your knowledge and understanding what's going on. So mindsets, uh, to, mindsets towards yourself. I could never do that. You ever heard yourself say that? Hello, a limitation. And it's in your mind. It's not in reality. It's in your mind. But while it stays there, it will affect your life. Uh, people have certain beliefs about God. Oh, God, uh, they have a poverty mindset. Oh, there's never enough money. Listen, that is a way that you have, it, a mindset is a habitual way of thinking 
that then determines or makes you predictable how you're going to behave. Mindsets have to go. I wonder if you've got any mindsets. Some people have got mindsets about races, about people of different cultures. People, uh, some people have got mindsets about money. Some people have got mindsets about God. What have you got mindsets about? Where do you need to break out? Where do you need to actually say, actually, I've been limited by that kind of thinking all these years. I need to break out. Uh, what about the area of heart beliefs? What do you believe in your heart is how you're going to live your life. I found some people believe I can never do anything. I, uh, or usually a common one is I'm, no one loves me. That's a belief of the heart. It will limit what you can do in life. I tell you, it'll just absolutely limit you. Uh, I can't do that. Well, that'll limit you. So we've got to change internally so what's around us changes. So one of the greatest ways that growth comes is one, by getting out into new experiences and getting new knowledge and skills in, and another is by actually opening up to change on the inside things which you took for granted, and they became the limiters of your life. Okay, getting an idea? All right, and then, of course, there's emotional. Some people have got emotional limitations. If you've got an issue with anger, let me tell you this. If you've got an issue with anger, it is greatly limiting your whole capacity to build great relationships. You've got to deal with it. Some people have got fear as a limitation. If you've got fear in your life, fear limits you. If you have shame, I don't like who I am, that is a limiter. Now, I know there are many people here this year, God wants you to break out of fear and shame and rejection because in the breaking out of it, you will break the limitation which is totally internal and you'll then increase what can happen around your life. So enlargement is never an accident. It's always you've decided to do something to change and to grow. So, and then, of course, finally, there's uh, uh, the two other areas. There can be spiritual limitations that, uh, that people are demonized or they actually are not deep enough in their walk with God and they need to build a relationship that's deeper so that they can expand what God can do in their life. So these are some forms of limitations. And the last one I want to mention is the area of relational limitations. Now, if we're going to impact a community, one of the key ways you impact a community is you build relationships with people. And if you don't have good relationship skills, which can be learned, and a heart to reach people, you limit what God can do through you. And God's got to raise up someone who will change or does have the skills. So that's an area we can learn. We can learn better relationships. We can learn how to connect with people who are different. Okay? Got any idea? How many identified maybe one or two areas you could grow out of limitations? Huh? Oi, 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 oi. Okay, now we're going to get to nail it down now. I want to give you seven keys on it, what you need to do, uh, because uh, with these things, uh, limitations, we either accept them and live within them and grow, or we break out of them and grow. Either way, we still grow. 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. Now, I want to read from the story of David, and I want to show you that the moment he decided, or the moment he was positioned for growth, immediately something came to limit him. And you have to understand this in life, that when you decide to enlarge, grow, break out of your normal uh, area, you want to start up a business, there's things that are going to come against you and push against you, and you've got to have something in you to stand up on it. So here it is, David, uh, verse 17. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. And the Philistines went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, the giants. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, I will doubtless. Now you like that word? Doubtless, you'll win. Doubtless, you'll win. That's a good thing you should write down. Doubtless, I'll win. Winning is certain. 
<laughs> I can feel the unbelief rising up now. <laughs> That's what God's saying. Winning is certain. See? You've got to get that in your mind. Winning is certain. Now, how I win, that's another thing, but winning is certain if I'll trust God and do what I need to do. Winning is certain. Well, I can feel, you feel, you feel what's inside your spirit, eh? Winning is certain. Well, of course, what happens this is what happens is our past experiences of difficulty, setbacks, and failures comes up. We look at that and hear what we've heard, and we live out of that. A limitation. Your past has become your limitation. If God says winning is certain, then winning is certain. And that's why we stuck with it until we got this thing open. Winning is certain. People can't understand it. It comes out, I'll show you where it comes from in just a moment. Okay, so notice that God said, winning is certain. Aha! I will doubtless deliver them into your hand. So David went to Baal-Berzim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking out of waters, like a pregnant woman giving birth. Therefore, he called the name of that place the Lord of breakthroughs, and they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away and presumably burnt them. Okay then, so just give the context, and I'll give you the key points. First thing is David had been anointed king. Anointed means God had positioned him and put an empowerment in his life to do something. He was anointed for what? He was anointed to be a king. God's intention was he would arise and begin to take dominion over a nation and expand the borders of the nation. And to do that, he would have to enter into battles and conquer people and conquer nations and, and lands, which God said are yours. Now listen, God calls you a king and a priest to him. And he calls you to advance his kingdom, to have an influence, impact in the community, to touch the lives of people, have dominion over your own problems and issues, and then begin to start to bring an influence to the people around you. So like David, you are anointed for this task and called to this task now, you're not going to go out and fight battles with a sword like David did. You're called to your own area, and we corporately are called to things together as well. So you see the strong parallel here. Now, the moment now this happened, immediately the Philistines heard about it. The Philistines are the enemies, and uh, they, it was a time of harvest that this took place. It was the time of harvest. It tells you that in 2 Samuel 13. It was a time when there was a great harvest time, and there was a tremendous thing at stake. There was the harvest. For the church, the harvest of souls is what is at stake. And personally in your life, harvesting what God has intended for your blessing this year. But you've got to understand that the moment you become aware of what God has planned for you and begin to stand up in it and set your face to it, immediately the Philistines will hear about it and try and contain you. So they came against him to limit him. Actually, they came against him to kill him. They sent an army with swords and shields and spears and everything else. They had one thing in mind, kill David. You've got to understand the devil hasn't changed. Kill men of God. Now, they don't necessarily today, in some countries they'll kill you literally, but most days today people do it with words. And they put a word inside you that takes away your heart, fills you with fear, and then they've killed the dream and the vision. See? So, so the Philistines will come against any person that God's put his hand on because they said, Lord, I want to do all that you've called me to do. You've got to know what to do. And I want to share with you the simple things that David did. Number one, he faced the issue. Number one, he faced the issue. Now, the place where they gathered, of course, was the Valley of Giants. And, of course, we all have giants. So it's in the place of the things which are big in our life that the enemy comes. It could be fear. 
could be a, 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 some struggle or some limitation you've got. That's what the, where your fight will be. It'll be in the place of your limitation. Now, number one, he faced the issue. You've got to face the issue. There's a tendency for people to pretend there is no issue, to blame it on someone else, or to just you know, deny it completely or avoid it. Now, listen, if you've got a limitation in your life, face it honestly. There's, no, there's nothing can advance unless you face things like they are. So get it out in the open and find out just how limiting this thing is. You've got a financial issue and you're limited financially. Why don't you get it all out in the open and get to admit, I've got financial limitations. Now let's have a look at it so we can begin to take this on and break out of that limitation. You'll break no limitation unless you've got a fear and square in front of you what it is. So you've got to name it. Give it a name. It's fear. I'm afraid. Good. Now you're positioned to start doing something about it. Before you weren't, because you wouldn't admit there was anything there. See? So you have to admit that there's an issue, admit there's something. So uh, it means, uh, see, when people blame someone else or deny, they're actually, this is what they're doing, they're avoiding taking responsibility for their life to change. The person who blames someone else has not yet assumed responsibility. They'll never shift while they blame someone else. You have to hate the blame culture. You have to hate the victim culture. Oh, poor you. You've had such a bad background. That will keep you there. That's your enemy. That kind of thinking. See? Biblical thinking as well. God knows where I came from. He knew exactly how I'd be born. He knew what I'd face. He knew the struggles I'd have. He'll use it as a stepping stone to get me where I want to get. That's how he works. Whatever you've had, the devil hits you hard. You just use a step up on it. The giant's... As Caleb said, they're bred for us. I'm going to get strong on the giants. Eh? Number one, he faced the issue. Number two, he sought direction from the Lord. It says he went to the Lord. He went into the stronghold. He went into the stronghold and inquired of the Lord. And so the, the second thing he did was he fa- first he faced the issue, then he sought direction from the Lord. The Bible says in Micah, it tells us, in, oh, sorry, Nahum 2.7, now the Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble, but the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. So to go to the stronghold means to go to the place where you encounter God who is our stronghold. See, Jesus said this. He said, uh, sorry, David said this. The Lord is my light. He tells me what to do. He's my salvation. He gets me out of the messes. The Lord is the strength of my life. First thing to do, face the issue. Second, go to God. Most people get on the phone. Oh, I'm in trouble. What should I do? Get off that phone. Stop looking at the TV. Get into prayer. Get into God. Get into the Word of God. Seek Counsel and direction from the Lord. Get something from God because a rhema from God will get you out of the mess. You need to know what to do. See, in the Lord's promises in Psalm 32, 8, I'll instruct you. I'll show you. I'll teach you. I'll tell you the way to go. I'll show you what you need to do. God wants to help us. That's why the Holy Ghost is given. Go to God for help before you go to someone else. Get in prayer. Seek the Lord. Over a period of time, He will give you an answer. Then that, see? See, so the first question is, what's the issue? Have you faced it? Second question is, what does God say about it? What does God say about it? If you haven't heard what God says about it, you're not even a place to win. What does God say about that fear? What does God say about that issue in your life? What does God say about your money? What does God say about it? Don't look what the circumstances say. What does God have to say? Ask him to speak to you personally so you've got a rhema because every rhema of God, everything God said puts confidence in you. You can get up and break through. 
you can get up and go through. So what has God said becomes a question there. Third thing, he formed a strategy and a plan. See, so he got a rhema from God, but he got a strategy and a plan. He had to outwork it. See, verse 19, he inquired of the Lord, shall I go up? God said, yep, you're a winner. I'll be with you. You'll be a winner. Now the next thing, so what does he do? Go up there and face the Philistines and tell them God said I'm going to win? No way. He got his men into a battle plan. He formed a strategy how to win. If you want to break it through in an area of your life, it's not just enough to go to the Lord. You've got to get a plan. The question is, do you have a plan for your finances? I'm just trusting God. Well, that's a great start. But actually, he's put certain things in your hands to do. If you don't do your part, his part won't happen. You've got to do your part. You've got to do your part. Do you know what your part is? Have you got a plan? You want to build a Oh, I'm going to have, pray the Lord will make my marriage better. Okay, what did God say this year would happen? Now, have you got a plan? Is it a written plan? Is it written down somewhere? So you know, this is it. One, two, three, four. I'm doing this. I get a written plan. He had a strategy. He would have got the men together. He said, now this is how the battle works out. I've looked around. I've seen the lie of the land. I've seen how they're set up. This is what we're going to do to go into battle against that particular enemy. You've got to do the same thing. You've got to come up with a plan and a strategy. What are we going to do? Great kids aren't an accident, you know. You have a plan for them. You have a plan for their lives. A great marriage is not an accident. Oh, I don't know. We just prayed. It worked out. Yeah, right. It doesn't work like that. You've got to have a plan. Do some things. We're going to have a plan every Monday night. We'll meet together. We'll have a meal together. We'll talk together. We'll share. We'll have romance. You've got to do something. Say, have you got a plan? That's the next one. Okay, that's the next one. And the next thing he did was he, he enlisted help from proven men. Now, we know that because in 2 Samuel 23, 8 to 13, it tells us that in this place, David had some mighty men come. One of them, the guy's named the Spear, because he was pretty good with a spear. In fact, at one time, he took 800 men out. And then there's another guy, Eliezer, God is my help. Well, he stood in the ground, and he licked about 300 of them with his sword. His hand stuck to the sword, took out 300 Philistines. I'd like that kind of guy on my side, too. And then there was another guy, and uh, he was another big fella. He took out a whole heap of them as well. And it says, these were the mighty men that were with David. Now, one of the things, if you're going to break through, enlist the help of people who can help you. Get people on board with you who can help you. And they may be better than you. Get them to give you advice. So you upskill and get to learn new things. You need someone to lift you up. That's why you fellowship. But you've got to choose. Now, if you hang out with people who have no success in their life, you won't have any success either. You've got to hang out with people that actually are going somewhere with their life. You draw from the skills of people who have done something. So if your finances are poor, find someone who's really good at it, has proven that they're doing well, are not in a pile of debt, and have got money to, to invest and to do things with. That man probably knows something. He knows more than you do, that's for sure. Get him to help you. A lot of people, the first place they go are to their friends with the same problem because they feel comfortable there. Listen, when you go to someone who's got something in their life better than you, you'll feel uncomfortable. And that's your limitation you're running up against. Don't worry about it. Allow yourself to feel uncomfortable. You're not going to die, you're going to grow. Eh? Going to grow. You're going to grow. See? That's why we get people to come and help us and do things with us. Okay? Got the idea. Get someone there. Here's the next one. He committed himself to action. Notice there. He went down and he fought them. Now, it's no use praying for God to win the battle. You actually got to get down there and fight something. And, and this was not just, you know, kind of push a button and a missile goes stuff. 
That's what we'd like to do, push the remote on the TV and some problem disappears. It's not going to happen that way. You can push it all you like. Your problems aren't going to go. Now, what you do is what they would do is they'd engage eye to eye in combat. You're never going to deal with your problems until you actually face them and get involved with them and doing something, doing something, doing something. I saw a little Dilbert cartoon this week and it had... Uh, while we were in, the guy came and reported to his boss, while we were having our strategic sessions over these last few weeks, uh, competitors got ahead of us they, by something unusual. They called it work. <laughs> hey, without work, no dreams are fulfilled. Work is God's way of accomplishing things on his behalf and fulfilling your destiny. No work, you go nowhere. You've got to be a worker, employed, somewhere doing something constructive. Don't don't settle down and do nothing. We should be spiritually employed, doing something for God. We should find some ways we could be constructive and working where eventually we position ourselves to receive money for that as well. Come on, do some things. Hey? So who is helping you? That's the question. Who is helping you? Have you got anyone helping you? Oh, well, I don't talk to people. I go it alone. Listen, you've got a long, hard journey to learn all the stuff someone could have taught you if you'd asked them. That's a long, slow way to learn stuff. Learn it on your own. Come on, as others can help us, okay? Uh, so he committed to action. Now, the Bible says the kingdom of God advances because people are assertive. But here's the last two. He dealt with the root issues. Notice verse 21. They got to deal with the idols. Now, of course, the idols that were there were the gods behind the Philistines. So he didn't just deal with the Philistines. He dealt with the idols that they served. What he wanted them to understand is these gods, these things you trust in, don't work. And they burnt the whole lot of them. Now, the Bible talks about strongholds, things in our mind you have to deal with if you're going to grow and change. We can do that. What do you have to deal with? Fear is a stronghold. Rejection is a stronghold. Shame is a stronghold. Bitterness is a stronghold. Lust is a stronghold. We've got to use the Word of God and deal with them right in. And sometimes you need someone to help you. Okay, and here's the last one here. Uh, The last one is here is, of course, when you do get a breakthrough, he gave God the glory. But you know what happened? The enemy regrouped and came again. And so don't think because you've got a breakthrough once that you've really finished it. You've, here's the last key. Persevere until the enemy is routed. Persevere until the breakthrough lasts. Sometimes people get a momentary shift in their life, then they go back to their old way. You've got to persevere. Faith and patience obtain the promises of God. Amen? So there's some, there's some, there's some questions. Let me just go back through the questions again to ask you. First of all, have you faced what is your limitation? Ah, what is the issue? Number two, what does God say about it? Well, if you haven't even identified it, you won't even know what God says about it. What does God say about that thing that you said is a limitation? What is your plan and strategy for dealing with it? Have you got a plan? What are you going to do? Specifically, what's your part in this deal? God will always require you to do something. Here's the next one. Who is helping you? Are you on your own? Get a prayer partner at least. Someone to stand with you in prayer. Someone to get along to. Get in a group, small group. Share what your dream is. Share what you're believing God for. Who's helping you? See? Fifth thing, what are you doing? What action are you taking? You actually started doing anything yet. A lot of people just talk. Have you dealt with the roots? What are the roots and have you dealt with them? If you've got a repeated problem in your life, there's a root system. What is the root? How are you going to go about dealing with it? with it. Just get it out. Jesus wants to help us. And finally, do you quit easily? Do you quit easily? Or do you just get what I call bulldog faith? (sighs) By faith and patience receive the promises. The Bible says be followers of those 
who through faith and endurance, constant standing up, get a hold of things. And if I would say anything about the preschool, it was there's some people stood up and said, we're going to have it and it will come about. And it did. Faith and patience get the promise. You don't always get it on the first round. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Father in heaven, we thank you for this year, a year of breakthroughs. I just wonder for people here today, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, perhaps the first breakthrough of your life this year would be to come into relationship with him and to make it personal. Jesus, I receive you into my heart and life. I open my life for you to work. Jesus said to everyone who received him, he gave power to become a child of God by trusting in him, giving their lives to him. His plan is all good. I wonder if there's anyone here today, just while our eyes are closed and heads are bowed, you're at the point of decision, the crossroads of your life, and you want to receive Jesus Christ. Would you raise your hand? Just let me know. Just raise your hand and say, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Is there anyone here at that point of crossroad? You're right at the point of making that decision. It's one of those things that's personal between you and God, a decision to put your life in the hand of the Lord and bring the supernatural into your life, a relationship with God. I wonder if there's any others here today and perhaps God has spoken to you about a specific limitation, something that's hindering. How many are aware of one thing now after we've shared? 